Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Business Growth Show, where we talk about all components of business and how to utilize them for exponential growth. My name is Aiden Cassiotis. I'm a serial entrepreneur, international speaker, results strategist, business coach, mentor, and consultant. Today, I have an awesome guest. He is a real estate investor, serial entrepreneur, podcast host, and business coach. He's well-known in helping property investors get between 8% to 18% ROI, that's return on investment, through multi-unit residential properties. Welcome, Jonathan Wright, and thank you for being on my show. Uh, thanks, Ethan. Uh, thank you very much for having me here. Much appreciated. Awesome. It's so awesome to have you here, and I'm sure we're going to provide um, amazing value for all the uh, listeners and, and watchers here today. So, you know, you're a very successful entrepreneur. So for those people who don't know who you are, please introduce yourself by telling us about you and your journey. Well, that's, uh, well, okay, there's a long way and a short way to get there, but uh, I'll keep it short. Uh, essentially, after graduating high school, I went straight into the military. I was in for 15 years in the Royal Canadian Air Force. Um, uh served you know a couple of tours uh, did a wide variety of different jobs and occupations and really built up uh, a massive resume and then when I retired from the military I did a few stints I mean I was an auditor for a brief period of time for companies like Volkswagen and, and Shell and then after that I really transitioned into a bit of a uh, another stint in, in Hollywood where I was uh, producing a documentary out of Paramount Pictures and then I decided okay well I, I want to something a little bit more full-time, a little bit more, you know, comprehensive. And I started to look into real estate very, very quickly. And I, I started to really build some steam in that. And, um, you know, after attending a couple of seminars, after uh, taking a little bit of, of training, after meeting JT Fox and having, bring him on board as a coach, I started to have the vision that, you know what, I think this can, this can work. So then I started to formulate a plan. I started, you know, putting offers out, started building my teams and span of two years, I, I've closed, I think we're up to 81 deals now. So, I mean, it's just been a massive growth scale. And, and the key to that is, you know, really building that fundamental knowledge and then getting the right coach and getting the right partners and then just taking off and, you know, in the opportunity that's out there. So that's in, in a snippet, that's been my journey for the last, you know, 20 years. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, it's a great, interesting be beginnings of, you know, where you started there and then, uh, it's interesting that, you know, whatever path we go down, which is always different, um, you know, we always sort of have epiphany moments or something like that and look at what, what opportunities lie to us. And I think, you know, by what you've said and the short amount of time that you've done so many deals, it's a testament to, you know, you really focusing and going, this is what I'm going to do and, and, you know, creating the results and like that. So that, that that's amazing. And I'm sure a lot of people can, um, you know, draw on that of, of some inspiration of, you know, what's possible when you do really, um, you know, do the, do the work basically um, on and that and, and have the right people, obviously, and partners helping you out there. So, you know, if, if we talk along the, the property side of things, which is obviously where you're uh, doing a lot of focus now, um, you know, you're, you're obviously you're based in Nova Scotia in, in Canada. Um, um, are there differences with investing in Nova Scotia specifically, right, compared to like other areas of Canada? And, and, and if so, what are they? Well, I mean, the fundamentals of real estate don't change no matter where you are in the world, but every market has their own little quirks to them. So um, a, a number of different things are a little bit different out here in Atlantic Canada, whether it's Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, primarily where I operate, than the rest of Canada. Um, you, you need to look at it from the point of view of, of what it would be like you know, operating in a small town where everybody knows everybody. Now apply that mentality to even the big cities out here. 
And, and that's really what makes the difference is that when you're operating here, people want to meet you face to face. When you're doing deals, when you're negotiating, they want to see who you are. They want to meet you. They want to shake your hand. Even during this COVID stuff, they still want to shake your hand. And that's really ingrained in a culture here. So for people that are from outside of this area trying to invest in, they don't speak the same language. So it's harder for them to connect. And yes, they can still do business. Yeah, can, they can still be successful. But if you're in this market, if, you're, if you have these boots on the ground out here in, in Atlantic Canada, it makes all the difference because you build that connection, you build that reputation. And now we're getting to the point where there are a lot of you know, portfolio holders, a lot of tired landlords that reach out to us first and present the deals to us first without even putting them on the market. Or even if they are on the market, they will sell it to us for sometimes 10, 20, $30,000 less than to someone else because they know we will actually not only follow through with the deal, but they know us personally. They know our reputation. They believe in us. So that makes all the difference out here. So really it comes down to the culture that makes a difference in real estate investing. Yeah, no, I love it. Really great points. And I think that's actually quite relevant in business in general, right? Where you've got to understand where you're going into a new market, whether it's a city or an area or even a country, you know, what, what are the differences locally? What is the culture? Is it like, you know, to, you know, obviously countries can be widely, but even within a country, you know, like Canada, like you said, is it a small town mentality? Is it a bigger, you know, city mentality? Is it all these other little factors? And that's really how you can connect and differentiate yourself and actually getting those over the line because you understand how they work. So um, yeah, really awesome points there, um, Jonathan, you know, and for people to think that, that it's not only relevant to property, this is relevant to business as well, but you know, probably absolutely more so um, for property like that. So, um, and I guess, you know, so you obviously do a lot of different investing in, in Canada. Do you also invest in other countries as well? And, and why, I guess um, those ones and, well, you know, we, we do have some investments in the U.S., although we haven't focused most of our efforts there simply because the opportunities in our own backyard are so plentiful. Uh, but I do invest in businesses outside of Canada, absolutely. So through my diversification, even outside of real estate, uh, I don't stay within the Canadian borders. I invest worldwide. Yeah, awesome. And yeah, I think that's really important um, for anybody to just, you know, not stay in their lane type of thing like that. It's like, okay, what what are the opportunities? Be open to to looking at other areas and and, you know, like you said, finding somebody local, like if I, to myself, um, you know, I'm in Sydney, it's like, I don't know the local markets in, you know, Nova Scotia, Canada or something like that, or even in Canada in general, right? You, you know, you're likely one of the experts, if not one of the top experts there, right? So it's like, okay, let's speak to Jonathan and go, what can I do? What opportunities do you have? You know, can you sort of speak to me about what investment options could, you know, we work together on? And then that way, you know, you're not just going in by yourself and trying to, do it all. Um, and that's, you know, I think really important um, for everybody as well. Absolutely. And that's really been the key for a lot of investors that have been wanting to invest in Atlanta, Canada, is actually partnering with me or other people here in the market. Because if you're coming from outside of, of this part of the country, even if you're within Canada and you're investing into the East Coast, if you're not here, if you didn't actually take the time to come here and meet the people, then you're not going to be taking seriously because they're going to be looking at you going, well, if you're not even going to take the time to visit us, to see us, why would I do business, business with you? So that, that's really been the key here and how it's been so easy for, for me to bring a lot of investors in because we establish these partnerships and then I'm basically the face of the company uh, representing our interests, representing our vision in, you know, in person with these individuals throughout Atlantic Canada. And, and really that's been, that's been the key out here is to have that face-to-face -face contact to build that relationship. 
And again, that that's key. So, and, and I would say that that matters in just about any market that you're investing in. You want to have a partner or some representation of your company or your interest in that market, because that way you'll be able to maintain the pulse on your business that much more. Yeah. Uh, really, really awesome points there. And, and I think it, you know, it really showcases the power of relationships. Like I think relationships are basically anything in business and investing, right? Um, without that, you're not going to be able to find the investors. If you need investors, you're not going to be able to find the deals. If you need the deals or just in general, connect to other people that whether they could be clients or, or whatever like that. So it's, um, you know, really important to, to do that and, and then work out, okay, what is it that, you know, how we can help each other, I guess, in a relationship, right? It's, um, you know, do that. And, and I guess you've got an interesting type of model and how, and I guess, um, you know, cause you've got a lot of different types of partners in that. So you sort of, um, I guess, finding out um, mutual things where you can help each other and then bringing them on board sort of under your umbrella. Is that sort of how it's working or? Uh, well, yes and no. Uh, every partnership is a little unique. It's structured a little bit differently. And uh, when, when I establish a partnership, a, a lot of it is about building our mutual goals. So different partners will have different goals. They'll grow at different rates and they'll have different, you know, focuses that they'll, they'll want to to emphasize on uh, one stage or another. So th the advantage of having multiple partners is that you're helping so many other people along their journey to, to be to growing wealth and to becoming successful. So like, you know, for one partner, for example, th their primary goal was to retire from their day job. So, you know, we build that partnership with that in mind. And, and that was the goal. Whereas another partner is just a way to diversify their wealth. So again, by having multiple partners, you're, you're going through multiple different experiences along with them because a partnership is really a journey and your life journey is what it is. But by bringing different partners on board, you're kind of going along with their journey as well. So it really enriches yourself uh, as well as growing your wealth because you're, you're experiencing it, one aspect of their journey along as well. And it's, it's great for personal growth. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. I really love that. Um, you know, that, that journey thing. It is all about the journey, definitely. And um, so if we go into a little bit, I know, you know, I know you like the specifics of things. So if we go into a little bit more specifics, um, what, I guess, what types of property do you, um, you know, invest in and, and why? Well, the simple answer is we invest in anything as long as the numbers work. <laughs> it all comes down to the numbers and I'm a numbers guy. So, um, you know, that, that's that really what, that, what tickles my fancy. But, uh, you know, we, we invest in commercial properties and multi-unit residential, single family homes. We do flips. Um, a lot of our strategies focus on buy and hold because the rental market here is extremely hot right now. The vacancy rates are next nil. There's a lot of uh, people coming into Atlanta, Canada, because one, you know, the COVID crisis is not as bad out here. You know, we, we have a state of emergency and we're sitting at, I think, 32 cases today throughout the province. So, I mean, we, we don't want to have hot zones. We actually know where every single positive case is in the province. So, you know, people look at this and go, OK, well, that's a you know, safer place to live, you know, in a COVID world. But even outside of that, they're, they're looking at the East Coast as, you know, a much more temperate area. Like we're in the middle of winter right now and there's, there's no snow on the ground. So, you know, it, it's a very comfortable and very positive area to live in. So we're seeing so many people, even within Canada, starting to move out here. So you, you take the Halifax, the city uh, that's in the background behind me, um, the, the population grew 2% in the last 12 months, which is a significant growth for a city in a 12-month period. And we're continuing to see that trend. So, you know, when, when I see that and I say, okay, uh, we have the population growth, we have all these people coming into the East Coast, and it's the same throughout Atlantic Canada, but there's simply not enough housing. 
So that is essentially feeding the, the rental market very, very significantly, which is why we focus on holding properties because the cash flow is absolutely uh, amazing. And that's how we really generate our revenue and how we build a business model. But a lot of it really comes down to uh, building those teams on the ground that's going to allow you to get these deals, the, these buildings or these properties at a basically an excellent bargain in order to get the return on investment and be able to return the capital to the investor. So then there are a lot of pieces that really feed into this to make it work and make it as effective as it is. But ultimately, it comes down to you know what strategy works best for that specific deal. So sometimes we decide to hold or sometimes we decide to flip. Again, it all depends on the numbers. And that, that's ultimately what it comes down to. It's all, all really a numbers game. Yeah, definitely. So important. really love so amazing points there. And I think the one that, um, you know, stood out to me a little bit more is about the trends, right? Is understanding trends, you know, in business and investing and stuff like that. You talked about, okay, you know, it's a great area where it is. There's no rentals because of X, Y, Z. People are moving here. So you, you're looking at numbers in a different sense and, you know, seeing, okay, it makes sense you know, to, to focus on, you know, the long-term holds more, you know, overall, depending on the numbers, of course, because of the trend and, you know, following trends is, you know, especially if you're before it or, or during it can be, you know, very, um, you know, lucrative in terms of, um, you know, what you do there. So I don't know, are there any other um, trends in general? It doesn't have to necessarily be property um, or business or anything else that you're seeing around the place that, you know, could provide opportunities for people as well? Well, every trend essentially uh, links into others. I mean, everything is sort of connected and interconnected. So like you were talking about numbers, for example, we're talking numbers maybe at a slightly higher level, but those numbers really trickle down to each individual property eventually. So when, when you're looking at the trends, when you're looking at the numbers, you're looking at the big scale and then you're sort of breaking it down to the individual property. Okay, so I mean, everything is connected in that sense, but it's also connected in between industries. So with all the populations coming in, all the immigration coming in, we're becoming more and more multicultural on the East Coast. So now we're starting to see specialty restaurants start to open up. So, you know, 10 years ago, you couldn't find a decent Greek restaurant. Now they're starting to open up. So again, it's all about seeing these trends and taking a look at what's happened historically in other cities when they went through this transition and then start projecting what might happen here. So, you know, you look at some of the larger cities in Canada, like Toronto, Montreal, when they started getting into mass immigration, when they became more and more multicultural, what happened to those cities? And then you take a look here and you start to see the seeds of those trends happening. So, you, like I said, specialty stores, specialty restaurants, um, a lot of small businesses struggling in pretty much worldwide. But here in Atlanta, Canada, because COVID hasn't shut us down quite as much, small business hasn't been hit as hard. I personally, you know, visited a lot of these shops, you know, been really hands-on trying to see where these trends are going. And in fact, these businesses are thriving right now because, again, they're not being shut down. Things and be, with everything being more multicultural, um, you know, we, like, for example, my wife was Chinese. We go, we, we see these, you know, specialty Asian stores opening up left and right. There's a new one almost every other week, it feels like. So what we're seeing right now is really the flourishing of um, specialized multiculturally and really that's starting to really feed the economy so now that that's allowed us to sort of you know apply that to a real estate business where we can go, okay well if we're going to buy a property that might have a commercial space in it it might be a viability depending on the location depending on the culture in the area 
So now we start paying attention to, you know, you know, what, what types of cultures are in the area, what, what types uh, of demand and what, and what is missing. So if we find that there's a really strong Middle Eastern culture in a particular area, is there any Middle Eastern specialty stores? If not, that might be an opportunity. So you start building the relationships with that culture. At first, they are tenants, but eventually we might start building a relationship with them, you know, as a culture as a whole. And then we'll see, we'll start to feel that demand and then we'll be able to see the opportunity from there. So again, it all comes down to being hands-on in the market and really feeling those opportunities as they come up. And day-to-day, -day, it's different opportunities in different areas. So, you know, that, that's an aspect that I feel, you know, really being on the ground, essentially going, you know, property to property, seeing the deals, walking through the towns, walking through the cities, um, that, that to me is extremely evident. Now, on a larger business scale, um, Canada as a whole is really trying to become a lot more green, a lot more energy efficient. And we're starting to see a lot of those industries start to flourish here in Atlantic Canada. Uh, in particular, um, what most people don't realize is uh, off the coast of Nova Scotia and the Bay of Fundy have the, uh, the highest tides in the world. So what universities are doing is starting to uh, produce electricity using essentially tidal energy, uh, which could, if properly harnessed, could power essentially the entire country off the, of that one bay. That's how much water there is. Because every time the tide comes in or out, we're talking about 118 billion tons of water coming in and out of the, tide, uh, of the Bay of Fundy. Well, that's a massive amount of water. That's a massive amount of energy. So now we're starting to get, become a little bit more creative in, in finding environmentally sound ways to, you know, to, to generate power. So the East Coast is really starting to, uh, to stand out a lot more uh, in the eyes of the rest of Canada than it has historically. So it's sort of been the forgotten area of Canada for so long. And that's why the property values have stayed so low for so long, essentially appreciating in line with inflation. Now, all of a sudden, property values are jumping up 10, 15, 20% very, very quickly because now all the attention is on Atlantic Canada because this is where the biggest change is happening in the country right now. And we're at the very, very early stages of it, which is even more reason why we're investing out here is because we see where this is going in the next five or 10 years. So, you know, you just drive into Halifax, you see cranes everywhere. So you stand anywhere in the city and you look around, you got nine, 10 cranes in visibility at any point in the city. So the, the, the money's coming here, the growth is coming here. So this is the place to be. Yeah, uh, that was an amazing segment there. And I think it really showcases your knowledge about looking at like macroeconomics and microeconomics, right, on, on the different levels. And, and I think a lot of, you know, business owners and people, um, it's easy for us to get stuck in the day-to-day, -day, right? Like we're, we're busy, all right, you know, next deal, next deal and things like that. But sometimes we need to take that day or a few hours or whatever, take that little bit of a step back and say, okay, what's actually happening right now? Because where I'm focusing my energy um, may be getting good returns, may not be, whatever it is, but there may be a lot better, you know, opportunities in other things that we're not thinking about right now. So that's where you need to take that seat back and go, wait a minute, okay. And just like, you know, those things that you were mentioning going, ah, oh, there might be certain cultures moving in here. How can we align with what we're doing and stuff like that and um, where other opportunities are? And then that way, you know, as you said, you can get in before the before it starts to jump 15 to 20%, um, you know, where possible. Now, don't get me wrong. There's still always good deals and opportunities even when it's jumping. Um, but if you can get in earlier, then you just, you know, you get bigger returns as well. Um, so that, that's really it. Absolutely. Know, yeah. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. I mean, you know, when, when I'm coaching other business owners, that's almost consistently, consistently the main problem is that they're really working in their business, not on their business. And I see that again and again, and especially now with things not shutting down, them you know people being busier than ever, 
the business is there, the, the customers are coming in. So they're so focused on maximizing the returns on the day-to-day, they don't take the step back. Now that might work next you know, 12 months, but what happens next? So if you don't take the step back, if you don't actually look at the big picture, you can't innovate. You can't adapt. You, you, you can't you know, modify how you do your business. You can't build an ecosystem. You really can't take full advantage of the opportunity that's in front of you because you can't see it. So you know, that's the, the biggest challenge I'm seeing with, with people in businesses right now. And that's pretty much the same everywhere, but it's even more prevalent now because of the opportunities available. Yeah, uh, so true. And, and, you know, this is really, I guess, the power of coaching, right? You know, business coaching and things like that, having them ourselves or, or being one ourselves as we are, because it really um, forces you in a good way is probably a good way that I, I say it to say, hey, have you thought of this? Do this now and, you know, take this step back or focus on these areas, you know, from someone that's got more knowledge, that's been, you know, further down the line than us of, of where we're at in our journey. And that can really help us because sometimes, you know, we want to build that innovation mindset, obviously. That's the entrepreneurial thing. You need to constantly do that because if you just keep doing the same thing, eventually, um, you know, the markets are going to change and things like that. And you're not going to be um, getting, you know, the, the great returns or, um, you know, revenue and profit that you originally did. Um, so that's really, I guess it is. And yeah, so I'm interested to hear, you know, with you, importance of, you know, coaches and mentors and everything in your life. Oh, for me, it's, it's made all the difference. It's made all the difference because uh, I, I've noticed it both as a coach and being coached, you know, it, it allows you to get a, a third party point of view that are not, you know, involved or necessarily directly invested in whatever it is you're doing. So by having that independent third party, that objective third party, uh, it provides a unique perspective that you never have on your own. So coaching is so important. I, I can't emphasize that enough. Um, you know, the fact that I've had JT with me from the very, very early stages has made all the difference because not only has, has JT provided the guidance and the advice along the way that allowed me to make minor adjustments, just very, very minor course corrections in my business that at the time didn't seem obvious. In fact, I was completely against it. And then, you know, having after having a conversation with JT, I said, okay, well, now we're, I'm, I'm going to pivot just a little bit. It's not enough to, to you know, to necessarily be totally scary or totally be transformational but it allowed me to just shift enough to have the opportunities to really start flowing in so you know that's been the first aspect and also uh being around a coach that has you know the the following and, and the connections that jt has has made all the difference because it's allowed me to be introduced to so many different partners that have allowed me to scale my business 10 15 20 times more than it would have without having the coach so the, the coach for me made the world a difference because I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't be speaking to you today if it wasn't for JT. So you, you can see the value, you know, just sitting from me being coached. And again, it's the same thing with the people that I do coach. It allows them to get a unique perspective they wouldn't otherwise get on their own. So, you know, it's very important, even, you know, once, once you start getting coached and you start building, you know, uh, your business and you start becoming successful, that's one of the first things you can do to give back is to provide that knowledge and wisdom to someone else. Even if you don't have the financial means to do so, it, again, it all comes down to giving back. And now that you've you know, you've built that success, everyone to some degree should be a coach to someone else at some point, because that's how we spread the wealth. It's really the wealth is in the knowledge, not necessarily in the dollars in the sense. It's it's in the knowledge. So spread that knowledge, spread that you know experience that you've acquired. Very important. Yeah, definitely. Um, completely agree with you there. Amazing words. And JT is, um, yeah, he's been amazing with me. I 
um, haven't necessarily known him as long as you, but it's been, um, you know, probably a bit over a year now with me, but it's definitely um, just little things. Like you said, it's like focus on this, do, do these types of things. And then things, you know, it starts to come to fruition more. And then as you get stuff along the way as well, and like you said, the connections, um, you know, we wouldn't be doing this today um, if it wasn't for him and um, connecting through there. And, um, you know, he's, you know, I think it's testament to JT because, he, you know, he had a crazy schedule, right, of traveling like 330 days a year or something like that to a different city every day. It was crazy, right? Um, I think I don't think anybody else could do that schedule um, of what he used to do. And now because of COVID, he's stopped down. But what he's, that has allowed him to do is build so many networks and connections from all over the world, right? Because he was in, you know, over 50 countries and over like 90 or something that he has clients in. So it's, um, you know, it's massive when you have a network like that. And then now I think it, it really shows the benefit, right? Because we're in this world now where we're very Zoom focused. It's like, okay, let's connect. And, you know, whether it's coaching calls, whether it's deals, whether it's just, you know, other things of just connecting with people to see where opportunities are, um, you know, it's, uh, it's great to be part of that. And then now, you know, we really um, we're seeing where it flows from from there. No, absolutely. I mean, we're really all benefiting from the efforts and the, you know, the time that JT put in again, like you said, traveling worldwide, making all these connections. And then he, what really allows JT to stand out is that he shares his connections with everyone else, which a lot of these people don't. A lot of people, you know, who, who are in these stages, they sell their product or whatever it is they do, their service. And then, you know, it's all about themselves at the end of the day, whereas for JT, he really measures his success and how successful he makes other people. So, you know, and I see that every single day with so many people, you know, growing their businesses, expanding their businesses, becoming more successful and really achieving their, their dreams, their visions. And that's how he measures the success. So, you know, when you when you're surrounded by people like that, it, it's so much so much of a refreshing uh, experience around people. Uh, who who experiences and who've been with JT because it allows us to stay in a positive environment and that's really the the most important thing right now is stay with positive people positive you know people that have a positive outlook on life people that are always moving forward no matter what trying times they're going through especially in times like this you know this is a zoom world right now but we're still moving forward because we still have that end goal in mind things will eventually open up the world will eventually go back to some sense of normal but we're still pushing through we're not sitting down and waiting for things to happen. We're seeking out opportunities. And again, whether it's an interview, whether it's a real estate deal, whatever those opportunities are, it's important that you constantly push forward, always move forward. Yeah, definitely. So, so important. Um, and, you know, it, it goes back as a summary to, like you said, to help others, that contribution, right? Where it's like, okay, and JT does that immensely, right? You know, he's, you know, one of the only people that um, allows, you know, his clients like us to, to go on stages and, you know, be, you know, interview celebrities and, and be on like that as well. Nobody else does that in the world. And, you know, other areas where he, you know, whether it's experiences and stuff like that, he brings clients along. And I think that, you know, that really should, um, you know, go deep into us and go, okay, how can we do that to our clients? How can we benefit our clients, you know, as well and pass on that same culture, so to speak of, you know, of JT, you know, he's got the family first of, you know, treating everyone like family, it's like, you know, we can all benefit. Um, and whether or not, it doesn't have to be necessarily monetary, but helping other people out, you know, um, and, and connecting people, it always comes back to us. I think, um, you know, 
the universe has a way, um, you know, of, of reciprocating, um, you know, things like that. Um, and, you know, really powerful um, in, in that types of things like that as well. So I definitely implore everybody to have that mindset of how can I help other people add value, connect people, whatever it is in that way, give back, like you said, potentially become a coach um, in some relevant area or, or mentor or whatever it is there at some point um, with, with their experience, because, um, you know, what, what I tell my clients a lot of the time is that the coach really, you know, in general, if you're starting out, only has to be one step ahead of the rest, right, of, of the client, at least one step ahead. You don't have to be the JT Fox that's worth hundreds of millions of dollars to be able to be a business coach, right? If you've got a business coach, you're making six figures, multiple six figures, you've got multiple businesses, whatever it is, if someone's just starting out, you can help them, right? Because you're already further down the track, right? Or, you, or maybe they're just right. in an early stage in their business. So, and I think, you know, someone like you, you know, and um, you've had some amazing experiences, you know, back then as well with your mindset, I think, um, you know, with, with having um, those things when you were younger, uh, would also help, um, you know, like that as well to, to pass on to your clients too. Absolutely. I mean, everyone's gone through a different journey to get to where they are and everyone has value to provide to others. Whether you realize it or not, you have value. And really what that journey through life is, is partially to discover what that value is. You know, some of it, some of us realize it fairly early on. We know we become doctors, we become lawyers, we become successful business owners at a young age. But some people may not realize that until much later in life. And there's nothing wrong with that because, um, it, again, it's, it's all about the journey. And when you discover what value you have to be able to deliver to other people it is really just part of your journey. And, you know, different people experience that at different times. And that's just, that's perfectly fine. But yes, absolutely. Uh, re returning to value is so important. And it does come back to you in, in some way, shape or form uh, on a fairly consistent basis, especially if you do, if you are returning value to, to so many different people, whether it's business partners, whether it's clients, whether it's customers, whether it's people you're coaching, the, regardless of what it is, you will get something back. Um, but it's not about what you get back. It's about what you give. And that's really the mindset you need to keep focused on because anything you get back is really just a bonus. You got to treat it that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, amazing points there as well. Completely agree. And um, I guess if we just um, go back a little bit, because I know you are the numbers man, um, you know, you, um, and um, you, in terms of specifics, right? Like when we're looking at deals, um, whether it's property deals or even business deals, investments and, and other things like that, you know, are there certain things that you look for or don't look for, whether it's at a higher level of how you look at it in terms of how you're looking at the numbers or the opportunity and stuff like that, or even in, you know, in terms of the specific types of numbers of, I guess, what to look for and not to look for, because you probably looked at a lot of things, you know, you do a lot of investments yourself, I guess, for the people that are, you know, getting started and, you know, maybe looking at what's a good deal or not, what, what are some little tips about things like, you know, to look for or, and then to watch out for as well? Well, the way I approach it is I start at high level and work my way down. So let's say I want to invest in, in a particular part of the country and I want to move into a specific city. Okay, whether I invest in that city or not really depends on a number of factors. I need to make sure that it's a healthy city to invest in. So I look at the economic drivers. What industries are operating there? Is the population growing? Is it shrinking? You know, what are, what are the trends? I'll actually visit the city. I'll go to the malls. It's the vacancy like in the shopping malls. What, what are the streets looking like? You know, are there a lot of boarded up buildings? Are there not? So I, I take a look at the big picture 
and sort of build a formula as to whether or not that's a good city to invest in. If not, then obviously I move on. But if it is, then I start going a little bit deeper and go, okay, what kind of opportunities are likely to be most successful in the city? It could be commercial real estate. It could be multi-unit residential. It could be flips. I take a look at the, the tenancy laws in that particular province and go, okay, how can that work for me? How can that work against? So I, I, I sort of build this whole mentality, this whole picture and start putting all the pieces together. And I go, okay, this is how I'm going to invest in this particular market. And every single market has a bit of a different flavor to it. So some markets I'll be more likely to sell a property at the end of, once I'm done refurbishing it and everything else, then I end to hold it because that market is more primed for quick resale. And again, I, I build those metrics and it's a lot of time building that. So yes, there's a lot of research that you have to do, you know, sit down in front of a computer for, you know, two, three hours researching the market, but it's also actually getting out and physically going into that market. So once you've built that full picture, then you have a really firm understanding of, you know, what you can expect to be able to do in that particular market. So you, you, you do your research to get the information, you, you physically go there to get the hands-on approach. And once you're able to combine the two, you'll start to be able to piece things together. And it's, it's a little bit harder to explain when you haven't done it. So it's very important if, if it's something you're looking to get into and it's, an, it's something you really want to, you know, start to explore for yourself, I would definitely get a coach who can actually explain to you exactly how to do that. So to sit down and say, okay, how do you do research? And then when you go to the market, maybe have your coach join you in the market, go through the market with your coach and go, okay, you know, what, what opportunities are you seeing here? What are you seeing there? And you can sort of build that vision together in that particular market. And then it's now about implementing that vision. So you start building your teams on the ground. You start networking with people, finding out who are the key players, who are the best in their respective fields. You start putting everything together. You build a system and the opportunities flow from there. Yeah, no, really awesome points. I love that um, combined approach. It's not just uh, being the keyboard warrior. You've also got to get out there as well and um, you know um, see what's going on in the market. So really love that. And just thinking about that, if, if we take a slight step back as well, I guess, before that is getting a quality lead as well, right? In that process, because you you get a lead or an opportunity in quality stuff then, and then you obviously you'll be doing your research and and all the things you just mentioned. So if we go to the, the previous step, how do you look at getting quality leads to ensure you're getting you know like an abundance of them and and you know getting that um, with, with you know your your network and stuff like that. Okay, well, quality leads and abundance are two different things. So you got two different approaches there, okay? Uh, quality leads really comes down to education. So the people providing you the leads need to understand what is a quality lead and what isn't. Otherwise, they're going to send you 99% garbage. And you're going to spend all your time sorting through the garbage to find that one you know, ounce of gold that's sitting there. So again, it all comes down to education at that point. Uh, and when it, terms, when it comes to, to quantity, that's about incentives. That's about, you know, ensuring that the, those people bringing you the leads are motivated. Now, a lot of that comes down to financial, uh, but really what, what they want to see is they want to see, you know, a piece of the action. So whether, whether it's a realtor, whether it, it's someone, you know, basically driving up and down the, the neighborhoods, you know, sending me opportunities, they need to get a piece of it. So whether it's a commission, whether it's a percentage of the deal, they need to, to know that as you're becoming successful, you're, you're, essentially making them successful along with you, okay? So it's about bringing them onto your journey of success. And, and that applies to everyone. And it can get a little overwhelming at times, especially when you build a massive team of, you know, 100 plus people. It may seem a little overwhelming, but it's not so bad when, when you actually break it down to each individual relationship. 
Okay. And it's all about maintaining those relationships, staying engaged with these individuals. So you might have someone who may not send you a lead for two, three, four weeks. It's important to stay engaged because you always want to be at the top of their mind. Because sometimes, you know, you may make them a few thousand dollars. They'll love you for, you know, a month and then they'll forget about you to constantly stay engaged with these individuals. You want to maintain those relationships because you never know when the next opportunity will strike them. And you want to make sure you're at the top of their list for them to send the deal to you. So again, that all comes down to abundance. It's about maintaining the relationships. It's about keeping them engaged. It's about making sure that when you win, they win. So again, there's, you have to maintain that whole ecosystem, that whole environment. And that's what you're, what you're doing as an entrepreneur. You're an environmental manager. And in this case, the environment is the team of people you have to bring the opportunities to you. Yeah, I really love that. So many amazing points. Um, and I guess, um, I guess one thing I'd, I'd probably just like to say is, is that, you know, a lot of the people see entrepreneurs, you know, everything they touch is gold and they're doing all these amazing things, but it's not always like that, right? When we're, we're getting into no. everything like that. So, um, you know, just to show that, you know, we are, we are human and there are challenges, uh, many challenges. There's a lot of ups and downs in the journey. You want to maybe talk about one of your, your bigger failures or something like that and, and how you sort of overcome that in your journey. Um, one of my uh, biggest failures would be when I started, I would say it was in the first six months of investing. And that is when I relied too much on what people were telling me and not what they were actually doing. So in, in this case, it was a property management company. I was managing a couple of our properties and they sounded really good on paper. They pitched a very good game. But when the numbers you know, weren't performing as they advertised, that's when I started to say, okay, something is not right. So at that point, you know, they, they kept selling and they kept selling. And after you know, about four or five months, I said, okay, this, it's not adding up. I went out there and I started to realize that, you know, it, it was, it was all for show essentially. So, you know, I, I've had property managers that were stealing from me. I had them you know, put in really bad tenants or claim that there was no tenant when there was a tenant. So they wouldn't have to, you know, send me the rent. I mean, I, it, it was absolutely awful. So again, things that you learn and, and signs that you see uh, when you start to build these relationships, now that I'm more experienced, I can recognize this within 24 hours. But back then I didn't see it right away. So I put too much faith in other people. So again, these are things that I've, you know, that I've learned. And again, you're going to make mistakes along the way and you learn more from your mistakes than you do from not making them. So, you know, that mistake that I made when I was doing deals, in this case, I didn't have a partner. It was my, you know, my own deal with, with some, some private lenders. But what I learned here was instrumental in going forward in my business. So don't be afraid of failure. Just learn from it. And then make sure you fail forward. Yeah, I love that. And and as JT says, trust but verify. Don't just go with what people are Absolutely. telling you. Do your own due diligence and, and check it out. So I love that. Yeah. So you know, you know, we met at Mega Success where you, you genuinely connected with many people and you were happy to help others. Um, you know, where you could. Uh, you know, you have a strong history of, of making great investments for yourself and for your clients, um, you know, which I'm sure will continue in the future. So I'm, I'm very grateful that we connected and I look forward to working with you in the future as well, Jonathan. I look forward as well, Athen. Much appreciated. Thank you. Awesome. So yeah, th thank you very much for your time today, Jonathan. I'm sure many people have uh, greatly benefited from, from your valuable wisdom. So how can people find you and get in contact with you? 
Uh, well, easiest way through uh, social media. Uh, you can find me on Facebook easily enough. Um, I can be reached through, you know, WhatsApp, through WeChat, through email. Um, I'm very, very easy to get a hold of. So it's usually not a problem. I'm always available and I respond pretty quickly. Awesome. Find, it, find him at Jonathan Wright on social media, guys, if you're wanting to learn more about Jonathan and uh, how he can help you. So, you know, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening to the show where we talk about everything on business growth. You can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube as Ethan Cassiotis or visit my website, ethancassiotis.com. I completely agree with you, or do I? The only way he knows if you tune in next time. So until next time, remember that our business grows when we learn skills and take action using them in spite of fear. Have a great day.